Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Ultrasound follows Glenn driving home late at night during a heavy rainstorm. Glenn experiences car trouble near where his car gets stuck. He spots a house, knocks on the door, and is greeted by an oddly friendly middle-aged man by the name of Arthur and his young wife, Cindy. The strange couple pour him a drink, and then there are more drinks, and followed by an unexpected offer that Glenn can't refuse. I'm just going to leave it there, because there's so much to this film. There's so many layers to ultrasound, and I'm really thrilled to be able to talk to our guest today, the director of the film, and that would be Rob Schroeder. Rob, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. I know that you and your writer, Connor Steck-Schulte, did a lot of work on this script. It just feels like something that took a lot of time to put together. It's really a multi-layered script with lots of moving parts and different storylines that need to kind of hang together at some point or not. What was the inspiration for this story? Well, for me, the inspiration came from his graphic novel, uh, which was called Generous Bosom. And um, when I discovered the book, I picked up the first of four, then the second. And at that point, I reached out to Connor to see where this story was headed and, uh, and see if he was interested in, in adapting it. And he had a good plan for the other two books and had an idea for you know how to adapt it and wanted to do that himself. So at that point, he got started. He came out to LA and we collaborated, worked together for about a week. He lives in Chicago and is a professor there. Then he proceeded to make book three and book four, which were sort of inspired by the screenplay that he wrote. So it was a kind of a, an interesting collaboration. So it sort of morphed over time into. Yeah, it did. And, and for him, I know in high school, he saw a stage hypnotism show. It was like after, after homecoming or, or prom. And that obviously stuck with him because his, his friends were hypnotized and it was, you know, a similar act. Just for, this is sort of an aside, but have you ever been hypnotized? No, Nor not that I. I know of. Nor have I. I have no frame of reference for that. But that doesn't matter because I, I left out an awful lot of the story behind ultrasound in my introduction. And this is where I think we can dive into it. It is that it is about that. It's about uh, deception. It's about identity. It's about a lot of things that are um, almost supernatural, but at the same time, very much rooted in science, as we see in the film. It is, in fact, this amalgamation of what we know and the things that in this film seem very plausible and possible. Is that a fair way to put that? Yeah, and you know, the more research that I did, the more I realized that it, it was plausible and, um, and, and it was also showing up in the news. Um, you know, we had, we had our screenplay finished before the 2016 presidential election. And then there was all this talk of uh, election tampering. And I don't know if you remember in Cuba at the embassy, there was, the mysterious illness that was affecting U.S. diplomats. Yeah, and that was 
possibly created with audio frequencies or so you know I, I think immediately it all became very real and felt like you know this malicious audio was a possibility you know like a scientific possibility so excuse me that's an interesting way to put it because the, the film is called ultrasound and it is it's about the manipulation of sound its impact and it's and it's um ability to affect our behavior. I remember not so terribly long ago, you're talking about the incident in Cuba. There was a whole range of weapons that were being devised by in within the Pentagon, within the Department of Defense, regarding the ability of sound to essentially cause such a reaction in people to cause them to run away. So it was going to be used in, in crowd control, also in military, in certain military situations. So we're in a, this film is in an area of, as we were describing, that explores in a, in a more benign way, but it also in an insidious way, the idea that sound can have such a profound impact on us. And that's where, for me, describing the film to others it's not sci-fi exactly. How would you describe if you were using sort of a genre description of your film? How would you describe it? I mean, I think it's. I was kind of. I'm kind of borrowing terms, but um, grounded sci-fi is a genre that that might apply because it, it's not fantastical. It's it's kind of a science fiction that's based in our reality, um, but it's also a thriller, and you know, there's certainly mixes genres. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> it, it really is. It's really a lot of different things. And the, the fact that the film has parallel tracks, you know, the stories of the different characters and how they intersect in, I'll call it the real world, and how they intersect outside of that realm, right? It, again, I've watched this film a number of times now, and I'm struck by how well you did this, how well you're able to continue to these stories, tracking these stories of these different characters in a way that you really need to pay attention to. And it also, it's just a, it's a fascinating, I don't know if I've seen a film quite like this. It, it's almost, um, I was looking, it was almost like a, it's almost David Lynchian in the way that we're not quite sure if we're actually witnessing the reality of it or something imagined. I don't know exactly. It's it's. I don't know. my congratulations to you. you. Really have done something that's unique. And um, thanks. Yeah, let's let's talk about the characters themselves. Uh, Glenn is obviously important. Maybe the most important character in the film, played by Vincent Carthizer, who does a terrific job of being emoting in a, in a whole lot of different ways in this film. He does a great job of sort of his character carrying over. Uh, Bob Stevenson is wonderful as Arthur. I think for me, he is the one, he's fun, but he's also in a very interesting way, dangerous in this film. And I'm not quite sure where he comes out at the end of this film in terms of where he is. So if, if he might even be the mastermind in some way behind all of this. I'm not quite certain where he, where he quite fits in. Mm -hmm. I thought he was terrific. How would you describe Arthur? Yeah, Arthur, that was, for me, that was one of the most important casting decisions in the film because you get it wrong and it can be very dark or sinister. And, you know, what Arthur is doing, especially with all the sex involved in this film and these kind of interpersonal relationships, he could just play wrong is, is a horrible <laughs> character. 
And a lot of, a lot of guys, Bob's age are heavies and like kind of one note. And what I loved about Bob and what he brought is that he kind of toes the line, you know, he's a bad guy, but he's also likable and he has these charms and, you know, he, you could believe him to be a stage hypnotist and a performer and, you know, what he's doing is bad, but you know, how bad is it? You know, like how, you know, how dark is it? And he managed to, to kind of tiptoe through that in a way that I found very impressive and, and kind of perfect for, for that character. And in the book, in the graphic novel, I think that's the same kind of Arthur that Bob was able to manifest. So yeah, I thought Bob Stevenson was phenomenal. He really was phenomenal. I would use that word too, phenomenal as well. Rainy Qualley uh, is wonderful as as Katie. And then Brita Wool was terrific. Everybody in this film is really uh, very good at, at what their character asks of them and all very believable. I, I really loved Shannon and her, uh, I should I say, transformation over the course of the film. And uh, yeah, just, just great stuff. Uh, before we go any further, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Rob Schroeder, he is the director of a wonderful film called Ultrasound. It's being released through Magnet Releasing. It'll be coming out on Friday, March 11th, so be looking for it. It'll be in a theatrical as well as a VOD release coming out on March 11th. And in terms of the technical side of this film, the different settings, the different locations, it, 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 tell me a little bit about sort of the idea behind the production and certainly the sound design, the sound, obviously a very, very important part of the film. What were the elements that you were looking for in putting the film together? It was kind of a balancing act. I had, at one point I was, I wanted to shoot in, um, in Canada near Niagara Falls and then upstate New York and then San Fernando Valley. So one of the things that Connor, I think introduced in the story that I found really interesting was that a lot of it was bleak, but could be anywhere. Like a lot of the locations didn't feel like any particular part of America, but America. And ultimately I, I'm happy with, with the choices that we made there. And maybe it's because I live in LA, but I felt that it benefited the entire project to shoot here as far as casting and, you know, having the physical resources because I have a company in LA and I own equipment and you know it ultimately you know i think benefited the project to do it here uh and as far as the sound that was something part of it came out of quarantine because we were all working from home and i i hired uh zach engel the composer and uh, bob Arito, the uh, sound designer after we finished filming traditionally would have wanted to sit in with them but given that we were all at home i hired uh Zach in Maine and Bob in Brooklyn, we all kind of got together virtually and, you know, decided that the sound design and the score should sort of marry. So they were sharing elements back and forth. So Bob might've created tones that Zach used in the score yeah. and, and vice versa. So, and I also knew that it was going to be not wall to wall, but a lot of music, a lot of score, a lot of sound design and with the title, ultrasound, uh, you know, we all got on board and decided we were going to really go for it and make it a character and, um, you know, use it to tell the story. That's the thing about the, the sound of it. Obviously, there are sounds in the film that are critically important to the telling of the story and where the, where the story is going. But the idea that you're 
that you're using a lot of synthesizers, if you will, in the film. And then the artwork, it, it's almost kind of an, um, it feels almost like an 80s sound um, because that was such a dominant sound during that, maybe even into the 90s, but it it has that vibe to it. And and also it has a, that sci-fi feel too, as well. The, a lot of these elements that you kind of recognize if you've watched enough movies, you sort of hear them and they sort of trigger certain responses in your brain. But um, is that, a, is am I on the right track there? Is that what you were going Yeah, through? I mean, I love all that stuff. And I love that Zach did all of it without making like a retro 80s John Carpenter score. He, you know, he was able to merge so many different kind of musical genres in, in what he did. And I don't know how he does that. He has a studio and, you know, he was playing practical instruments to using his synthesizer, working this magic. And um, I, I really love the score, but as a, even as a standalone piece yeah. of music, I sometimes listen to it just by itself. <laughs> Yeah, well, looking through some of the notes on the on the film, I, I know it sounds like that was a really important part of what you what you wanted to put together in the film. Uh, a lot of references to some pretty wonderful soundtracks from other films and and such. One person I didn't mention, and I do want to just in the last minute or so I have with you, Tunde Adabimbe, who plays this comforting, benign figure in the film, who's very important to. To me, he's kind of the bridge between the dark side of the, of where the these these the story is, and then the sort of I don't know exactly how to say it, but the the uh, the less scary. <laughs> That's not a good way to put it, but he is a nice bridge in the story in terms of kind of getting us from one one side to the other. And I just thought he was wonderful. It's not a huge role; he doesn't have a lot, but he does a wonderful job with that. I, I've I've seen him in a couple of other things recently, and he's terrific actor yeah he working with him was phenomenal i feel bad the way the schedule worked he came in immediately had like that big monologue that he gives to the uh, the contractors right so i mean the, from day one he showed up and was thrown like five a five-page monologue or something um but he was super and similar to bob stevenson and i feel like those two characters are kind of mirrors in some way he walked that he walked that line and that yeah. comforting, you know, sugar-coated thing is it's hard to do, but I feel like it makes it, I don't know, makes the medicine go down or something. Yeah, no, he was terrific. I, he was just in a film called The Sleeping Negro, and he he did a wonderful job. That's what I just saw him in. So to mm. see him again, I'm I'm just very impressed. I've just been impressed with everything I've seen him in. And there's so many things in the film that are this kind of Yes, this could be great for humanity, what they're trying to accomplish in so many different ways, but it's also the other side of all of the things that it, it implies in the film. And I, I just want to, again, once again, I want to congratulate you on Ultrasound. As I said, it's coming out on March 11th. It'll be available through a theatrical release as well as VOD. You can go to the Magnet releasing website to find out more as well as uh, yeah magnetreleasing.com to find out all of the information about that please check this out rob schroeder thank you so much for your time and for this just remarkable film and all the best i know this is your first film first directorial debut and um i look forward to more conversations and more work from you thank you so much mike I, i'm really glad you enjoyed it and um I'm super impressed that you watched it three times. I, 
I've seen it a million times. Every time it's different. Like, I, you know, you, you can't see the same film twice. But this particular story, you know, I think um, future viewings are, are always really fascinating because it's the narrative is different. The clues mean different things. And um, I love movies like that. that, that yeah. um, Amen. Amen. Very different that. the next yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. I saw I saw three different films, too. So <laughs> along yeah. the well, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music